Today on the Apron Bump Podcast, we work our way through the notoriously slow season of wrestling, but never fear, there are things like a controversial wrestling sequence surfacing online, gay porn, and other tomfoolery and shenanigans in the wrestling world. Here comes the hardest part of the ring. Yes, yes indeed. What is up everybody? Hardest part of the ring back at ya. Man oh man, what a time in wrestling it is. That December holiday time period, not super great for wrestling fans. A lot a lot of people on autopilot these days it feels like, but don't worry about that. There's still lots, lots to talk about. I made a post on my Instagram about a week ago basically saying that wrestling just kind of feels soulless nowadays and it's not just wwe it's it's wwe it's aew all the indies around i mean it's it's the holiday season it's kind of a rest period for people but not really really kind of revving up for the new year with the exception of new japan who is about to have their biggest pay-per-view of the year but other than that not not a whole lot I, I mentioned a week ago in that post that nothing was really drawing me to watch the weekly shows, you know, be it Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. I just didn't really feel like watching anything. But yesterday, Sunday, didn't have that much going on. Had some stuff to do around the house. Had to do a little meal prepping, a little laundry, etc., etc. So I figured, you know what? Let's catch up on some wrestling as I do all those things. So uh, yesterday I watched Raw, NXT, and SmackDown in their entirety in one sitting. And left me with a few thoughts. Uh, Ultimately, I I feel like the shows were a little better than I kind of anticipated, given the time of year it is and the, you know, the kind of, you know, slowly, the kind of wait until WrestleMania season to do anything super important. I mean, you just look at, you know, everyone wants to compare NXT and AEW. That that seems like the, the popular source of comparison nowadays. But really, it's almost even more interesting to compare Raw and SmackDown to each other. You would think, you know, these are two shows that are on obviously in the same company, but they're really in the same tier of shows, especially now. I mean, Raw's always been number one. That's always been the flagship. But with with the recent Fox deal with you know the shuffling of talent and how everything's kind of oriented itself i mean raw and smackdown have never been more on par with each other as far as viewership as far as effort given to each show i mean if if anything i, th- I think smackdown's finally superseded raw but nonetheless it's not about ratings that's not really what i'm concerned with what i kind of notice in those shows those shows being raw and smackdown is that you have two separate mentalities on the raw side you have a lot of wrestling. Yeah, you, ha- you have a lot of you have a lot of people getting in the ring, grappling. You know, high spot, high spot, rest hold, rest hold, high spot, high spot. Uh, kick out of your finisher. Uh, you know, do a dive to the outside. Wrestle, 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 wrestle. A lot of wrestling on Monday Night Raw, and it's silly to 
for me to sit here and be like, oh, there's too much wrestling on the wrestling show, but there kind of is. I think there's too much focus on the in-ring action and little to no focus on the characters themselves. You know, you have a lot of just... On Raw, you'll see matches happen. Like, uh, what's an example? You know, you have, you have Bobby Lashley versus Cedric Alexander. A match that happened last week on Raw, and what what was the point of it? You know, just to, to give, to fill time till the Bobby Lashley Lana wedding, to kind of showcase Cedric for you know ten, twelve minutes, whatever, however long the match was. You know, Bobby and Cedric had a match. Bobby won, and then next week, or I guess tonight, it's not going to matter. No one's going to bring it up. It's it's going to have no implication on future storylines, future character development, or anything that happens on Raw from here on out. So yeah, I mean it was it was a good match from a technical standpoint, from a from an athleticism standpoint, sure it was it was solid. But who cares? You know what I mean? Like you have a lot of that. You have people like Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Buddy Murphy, you know, you have different characters like this who are very athletic, very talented, but there's you're giving me no reason to give a shit. You know, you're kind of seeing it with Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, their feud. You kind of have like a one-upsmanship kind of deal between the two. It's a very simple. It's very, you know, you're not really breaking the mold here or anything. But that's 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 really, you don't need need much more than that for the level of rivalry that, that exists there. You're giving me something. You're giving me a reason. You're giving me stakes of some sort. So when they wrestle tonight, because I'm recording this right before Raw, when they wrestle tonight, I'm going to care about it. But, you know, if you throw like a Cedric Alexander versus No Way Jose or something like that, I'm not, who cares? I think that's the thing that's missing nowadays is stakes, a motivation. Motivation for the fans to watch, but also motivation for, you know, those characters. You know, they're in there competing in a, in a combative style. Like, yeah, they're doing their moves. They're, they're each, you know, getting their shit in, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And you're getting a lot of that on Raw. Just matches. Just matches. Matches that happen, and then it's over. Almost zero character development. And at the end of the day, when you're not building your characters, and you're just, you know, doing the continuous 50-50 booking, you're not going to make any progress. Ratings aren't going aren't gonna to move up. Fans aren't going to get invested. And the company's going to suffer, the fans are going to suffer that watch it, and you're just going down a path that's going to lead you to nowhere but failure. I mean, honestly, can can anybody tell me, character-wise, what is the difference between Cedric Alexander and Ricochet? They're both guys that do a lot of flips and smile a lot. Virtually the same. That's what you get on Raw. A lot of good matches... But a lot of ma- good matches that don't really fucking matter. But on SmackDown, it's a little bit different. So you see, you have The Fiend as your top champion. You have Bray Wyatt, one of the most compelling, if not the most compelling character in wrestling, as that, as that, as that character on top of the mountain, as that figure that everybody's trying to fight to compete against. You know, you have it's it's, it's a very dynamic, fluid, ever changing character that's given fans something interesting or that's given the fans an interest to see what he does next not only that but fans are interested in seeing who faces him next so on smackdown last week you had baron corbin Miz, daniel bryan all competing 
not just having a match. They had a great match, by the way. That triple threat match they had in the main event was fantastic. But a lot of what made that match fantastic was the stakes that were behind it. There was a reason. You know, there there was a, a, yet he had a, a reasonable chance that any three of those guys could have won. And that's, when you put yourself in that kind of situation, that's when wrestling becomes intriguing. That's when wrestling becomes engaging. And you see a lot of that on SmackDown. Even the opening six-man tag, yet Big E, Kofi, and Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro. Great, great match, technically. But, you know, just listen to the crowd in that match. They were hot. You know, you have, you know, Sami Zayn's faux stable kind of deal versus New Day and Braun Strowman. They all have, you know, they're all, all intertwined rivalries and motivations to face off against each other. It's, it's nothing, again, it's, it's simple stuff like that, but all of that creates something more than just a match. It creates sports entertainment. Stone Cold and The Rock weren't, they, did, they didn't get as over as they did by doing flip pile drivers and shooting star presses. They got over by getting their characters over, and they got over by engaging with other characters. And it was that clash that created something special, and that's why that time period was so great, among other reasons. I know, I know. It's not the only reason. It's a, whole, it's a totally different culture back then, and I'm not suggesting that it's something as simple as that will bring it back. But nonetheless, my point stands. I guess my basic point is I think big companies like WWE and AEW have been catering to the internet too much. That sounds kind of silly because everybody's on the internet, so to suggest that they ignore the internet would be ridiculous, but not literally the internet, but that mentality that is associated with internet wrestling fans, meaning focus on in-ring, in-ring work. Focus on bell-to-bell. What moves are you doing? Here's a move. Here's a move. I'm going to do a move to you. I'm going to do a move to you. You kick out of my finisher. You kick out of my finisher. Bing, bang, boom, blah, blah, blah. It's all formulaic. Not in ju- not just in WWE, by the way. In AEW, on the indies, even in Japan. A lot of this stuff, they all have different formulas, but they all have a formula. I think a lot of that, you know, I'm talking about the sl- this slow period of wrestling, but I mean, it's not just December. You know, it's the past few years where more and more, I mean, it's awesome that we, we see these athletes evolving. But there's a better way that they can be utilized than just having meaningless matches, which is a lot what you say on Raw. But SmackDown does a little better job of that, you know. Like I said, with the whole WWE, or the, sorry, the the whole Universal Championship scene, you know, with the New Day. Hell, even with I mean, we'll get more into this later. But even you know the Women's Championship scene is low key pretty good. You know, you look at the people involved, and you might not. You might kind of just brush to the side, but it, there's some good shit happening on SmackDown, both with the women and the men. I'm kind of, I'm kind of gone off a ta- on a tangent here, but basically on Raw, you're seeing a lot of meaningless wrestling matches. And SmackDown, you're seeing more cohesive storylines, which results in a better show, in my opinion. But, I mean, I think that provides a seamless segue into uh, one of the stories that we've seen over the past week. Game Changer Wrestling. If you haven't seen this clip, I uh, posted it on my Instagram on Sunday night, and it's a uh, it's a clip from a match, uh, Christian versus Oliver. Don't know their full names, don't really care, but basically, it's like a it. You see, the thing is, the thing is, it's it's so funny about this. It's not even like a, it's not even like crazy spots. It's not even like remember that, like the Ricochet versus Will Ospreay deal. 
that happened like a few years ago when it was like these crazy flips and just just insane acrobatics and that got a lot of flack from the older wrestling you know personalities old wrestlers got a lot of flack from them because uh that's not what their interpretation of wrestling is and it sparked a whole debate what is wrestling what isn't are these guys talented are they the drizzling shits you know it was all of that basically this uh this gcw deal is pretty much the same thing but on a lower scale um the clip i mean it's it's probably like 30 seconds long something like that it's a very long sequence of like very soft chain wrestling it's very you know very uh telegraphed moves a lot of flips a lot of sliding a lot of a lot of acrobatics a lot of gymnastics and when i first saw it i'll admit like i won't say it made me mad it didn't make me mad but it's like kind of frustrating that that's what the young up-and-comers think wrestling is and I, I mean but you know ultimately all that matters is that there's audience to to enjoy what they're putting out there and it seemed like that that crowd of 40 50 people they enjoyed it and if those two guys want to just keep competing in whatever it was looked like a fucking restaurant or something maybe a gymnasium i don't know if those two guys want to keep wrestling putting their bodies on the line in front of 50 people the rest of their careers if they're happy with doing that then by all means continue continue working how you're working man but like if you want to progress as a performer you need more than moves but on the other side of the coin these guys are young they're just kind of putting everything together so we can't sit there and expect for them to just have the maximum intensity they can't just we can't expect them to have perfected everything that they do to tighten everything up as much as it needs to be tightened you know we look at wwe new japan Impact, MLW, Mexico, we we are exposed to all of these major promotions, which, you know, contrary to popular belief, are the best of the best in the world. A very small percentage of a very large sample of people. There are a lot of people out there wrestling, more than you realize, and only a percentage of a percentage of them make it to TV, and we see what we see on tv and we expect everybody on the independence on these little local shows to have that same crispness as we see on our televisions and that's just not realistic like i mean i don't know these guys i don't know how long they've been wrestling but i would be willing to guess that they're within their first year or two i mean they're obviously athletic guys i mean we can at least appreciate that and yeah a lot of their what they were doing i mean i i didn't see the whole match is there even a clip of the whole match I don't know, but yeah, their, their little chain wrestling sequence was kind of fluffy. It was very, um, it didn't really, I don't like to say protect the business because everybody knows what wrestling is what it is, but I feel like as a wrestler, you should have the mentality of, okay, we have however many people watching us, and for this select amount of time that we're wrestling, we're going to make them suspend their disbelief. They know it's a work when they walk into the building. But for this 15, 20 minutes or however long the match is, I'm going to make them forget about that within the confines of what wrestling is. Because, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, everything you see in wrestling is what happens in a real fight. We all know it's not. But there are certain constraints that should be in order. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, if you're watching like a superhero movie, right? I'm not, I'm not a big superhero guy, but as an easy example, Iron Man, he does what he does when he's in his suit. He flies up into the air, he shoots 
fucking missiles out his nipples. Whatever he does, he does it with that suit because he's a genius and he was able to create that. But if if uh, if fucking uh, Tony Stark just walked out of his suit and started flying willy nilly just for no reason, there's there's no like I, I'm watching I'm watching the Avengers and I understand why these guys are able to do what they do. But when you walk outside of that, when you take yourself outside of that and you do something that goes against the logic that's been established, then you just, okay, I guess anything could happen. Okay, yeah, this guy died, but maybe he can come back because, you know, why not? You know what I mean? And the same applies for wrestling. Like, yeah, if I throw you in an Irish whip motion, you're not going to keep running. You're going to stop. But we all understand that as fans, and we all have that clicked into our minds that this is part of the professional wrestling universe and we're okay with that and at the end of the day it's a simulated combat it's simulated combat wrestling is at its greatest when that when that premise is protected and i think a lot of the hate that this gcw clip got was because the legitimacy of the business the ability to suspend your disbelief was just completely abolished it was completely taken away and at and at a certain point, you're just watching guys dance with each other. And and it's, you know, from that point of view, I agree with guys like Jim Cornette who were shitting on it. And I respect his opinion. But at the same time, you can't just be like, I mean, social media, social media is a fucking cancer, man. If anything, if there's, and if there's one source that is negatively affecting wrestling, it's social media. Because it's given all, it's given fans from all over the world a platform to bash everything they see and this isn't specific to wrestling i understand politics sports entertainment whatever people on twitter facebook instagram they have this ability to have this have this direct link to these entertainers and a direct link to criticize them even though they have no idea what they are criticizing so you can't like i said these guys are young they're new to the business and they will only get better. And yeah, there are things they can tighten up. There are things they can improve on. But I don't think this this clip really deserved all the notoriety that it got. But I think it just struck a chord with everybody because it really is kind of a microcosm for what wrestling wrestling is today and how wrestling's evolved and the, the problems that people have with it. And some of those and a lot of a lot of the critiques are very valid. And hopefully, those guys can take those critiques the constructive criticisms that they got make themselves better as a result of it. So, um, yeah, there's really no way to segue into this, but, uh, Lars Sullivan, man. Oh man. Um, I thought 2019 had given us enough twists and turns, but this shit (laughs) takes the cake, man. Oh man. If you're not aware um, it was sometime over the weekend, I believe, uh, somebody found a video of an old video of Lars Sullivan, or as he was, or as he is known in certain fields, Mitch Bennett, um, in a gay porn scene. <laughs> Just let that, let that sit there for a second. Um, I mean, we all... You know, Lars had a had a pretty rough go of it this year. You know, he was kind of pushed to the moon on Raw and on SmackDown, and then he had the whole, you know, all of his racist and homophobic comments um, 
can't remember if it was like Reddit or bodybuilding.com or some forum online. He was basically being a shithead, an ignorant piece of shit. And uh, he got a lot of he got a lot of flack for it. And I mean rightfully so. Um to a certain extent. I'm not very big in uh people retroactively getting punished for things they said in the past. It doesn't necessarily excuse them. But I think people can evolve and people can learn from their mistakes. And I don't think that the stuff that Lars did in his past is enough to keep him from having success as long as, you know, he has the talent to warrant it. But the irony here is just so, so delicious, man. It is hilarious. I mean, it really, I mean, it's a very common thing for guys who appear very homophobic to be homophobes. Homo for homos, homos themselves. Yeah, I mean, people are questioning whether or not this is going to affect his career or not. Honestly, I mean, people got over Seth Rollins' dick pic. People got over Ricochet sticking his fingers in his butt. I mean, I think people are going to get over this Lars Sullivan gay porn thing. And I think, if anything, maybe it prolonged his return. I don't know how much. I, from what I understand, he's still injured. Um, But maybe it'll just prolong how long it takes for them to bring them back maybe because with this 24-hour news cycle that we live in nowadays you know the constant influx of of news and scandals and information people are going to forget about this or at least it's not going to be on the forefront of their minds and you know a matter of days so i think laura's will be okay but it's just i mean karma's a bitch man i mean hell maybe he can uh maybe he can turn this into some character maybe he could be a uh uh a bigger hairier version of val venus maybe he could be like his long lost brother so i don't know they, they have a lot to play around with they have they have they have all the tools they have all the tools they just need to uh to use them and put something together very interested to see what happens with that though in the future um but yeah that's really unless i'm missing anything those are kind of the major stories happening in the or that have happened in the past week or so outside of the the normal shows as far as the wednesday night wars goes uh, AEW was off last week, um, but NXT had some some pre-tapes. You know, one match that kind of flew under the radar is Roddy Strong versus a debuting Austin Theory. I, I had heard of Austin Theory. I like I knew who he was. I knew he was an Evolve champion. I knew he was big in that in that organization, but I had never seen him in action. And uh, man, they got they had a lot of time. That was a, probably like a twenty minute match on NXT for the North American Championship. And that was a, a killer match. Um, super hard-hitting, super brutal. I did get, like, the the impression... Now, I, I've never really watched Evolve, so I'm a little ignorant to, to Austin Theory and his character, but he seems like a natural heel. Like, the guy just looks like an asshole. You know, he's, he's that former bodybuilder, the, the what's-his-all-day is his nickname. Like, that just screams axe body spray dude like and in, th- in this match the alignment you know obviously Roger strong so he working as a heel awesome theory was kind of the baby face in the match i feel like if the alignments were flipped it would have been more compelling a little bit it would have been more than just you know moves which is kind of what this match was but the crowd was eating it up so um i enjoyed it wholeheartedly so hopefully the guy sticks around because uh, dude has a bright future. He's super young, too. So, yeah. Incredibly high ceiling for Austin Theory. And Roderick Strong is one of the unsung heroes of NXT. So, 
good to see him pick up the win here and defend his title. And uh, otherwise, on NXT, you had uh, you had Bianca Belair versus Shotzi Blackheart, which is a pretty good match. Um, not too familiar on Shotzi, but she seems very unique. So hopefully they keep her around because, I mean, if for women's wrestling, NXT is the place to be nowadays. They already have a, a shit ton of talent there, but they could always use more. So good to see her debut and good to see Bianca get the win there. Um, really, um, you know, kind of a couple, some filler matches on NXT. I mean, it's a holiday show. Nothing, nothing a uh, storyline tied really in the show. One thing I do want to note is that, uh, that Tainara versus Candice LeRae match. Tainara has gotten super fucking good over the past you know, year or two, however long she's been there. I remember like her first couple matches were really kind of awkward and goofy and she didn't really know what her character was. She didn't know she was a heel or a baby face. But, I mean, who would have thought a developmental show developed somebody? I think she's kind of flying under the radar as well, Tainara. Um, she's got a unique look, a unique attitude. She's got that judo and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, too. That makes her style all the more unique. Um, and I think she plays like a, a good, crazy heel. So I think 2020, I think you're going to see a lot more from her. I think she's going to be one of those those people that kind of sneaks out of nowhere and becomes a huge star. Um, and like I said, AEW took this week off. So we'll see how they, um, I, from what I understand, there's a few matches already kind of, is it, is it this week they come back or next week? I don't know. Whenever, whenever it comes back, we'll all watch. But as far as the other shows in the past week, uh, Monday Night Raw kind of touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Just like a lot of filler matches, really. Um, and this is the uh, the December 23rd Raw. I wish I wish I could have waited till after Raw tonight to record, but it's, my schedule didn't really allow it. So it is what it is. But yeah, on Raw, just like I said, a lot of filler matches. You Lashley Cedric. Drew McIntyre versus Zack Ryder. You had Ricochet versus Tony Nese. Rusev versus No Way Jose and Eric Rowan squash. Really just a lot of matches with no meaning. Matches that you could have just skipped over. So not a whole lot on Raw to go over other than uh, a few things. Uh, one, we got the Becky Asuka kind of interaction that they had on the show. Um, good to see them finally confronting the fact that Asuka beat Becky Lynch clean on at the Royal Rumble last year. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's kind of come in full circle. Uh, it looks like they'll be having a, another title match at the Royal Rumble once again. So pretty good stuff. Asuka and Kyrie saying, I love, even though they don't speak a lot of English, they have a lot of like conviction when they talk and somehow they make their, their Japanese rambling always entertaining to, to listen to and <laughs> to see how people react to it. So good little program there. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, how that shapes out. I feel like we've, you know, AJ, Randy Orton, the Viking Raiders, the OC, and whatever combination they throw together with those guys, I just don't give a shit about. It just seems like the same thing every week. And I mentioned before how the Viking Raiders have been just so neutered on the main roster. It's really, really unfortunate to see, but it is what it is. Um, I do want to mention uh, Randy Orton's injury at a house show this past weekend. I guess it was one of his knees buckled when he uh, he went for an RKO and AJ Styles countered it. And I guess he had to end a match uh, early due to this injury. So from what I understand on Raw, it could be like right now as I'm speaking, honestly, but I said, apparently he's going to talk about his injury and the uh, the consequences of it. Some people think it's going to be a retirement. I highly doubt that. I think it's going to be, a, in my opinion, 
the injury is probably not nearly as bad as people are making it out to be, and he's probably going to kind of coax AJ in. And Randy probably like walk out on crutches, and then AJ is going to come out to what he thinks is a vulnerable Randy Orton, and then Randy Orton just going to pounce on him. That's how I see it happening, but I could be wrong. Maybe he is retiring. Who knows? Probably not, though. As far as Raw goes, you have the whole... The main storyline right now is uh, basically Seth Rollins and the AOP and uh, their various altercations with Rey Mysterio, Kevin Owens, and uh, and this past week, we saw them attack Samoa Joe, and I am so, so ready for a badass babyface Samoa Joe run. The dude is such... I mean, he's, he's the best... He's the best talker in the business. I mean, people don't think of him when they think of good Mike guys, but he's like so genuine in everything he says. He's so smooth and he's like you like you want to listen to him. He doesn't have to like scream at the camera to get you to listen to him. He's just a genuine badass, and I can't wait to see him get the run that he deserves. Because as a heel, I mean, he was losing every match, but as a babyface, he's going to be more prone to winning. He's going to be more prone to success, in my opinion. So definitely looking forward to Joe being involved in this main event storyline, and definitely hope eventually they pull the trigger on him because he's one of the best they have, even at his age, even at his tenure. Samo Joe is one of the best, one of my favorites for sure. So that's pretty much all all Raw gave us. Like I said, it's kind of an autopilot season for them, so nothing too groundbreaking, but a few good things on the show, but like I said, just a lot of a lot of who gives a shit on the show. As far as SmackDown goes, there's some good stuff, like I touched on it earlier, that, that awesome opening uh, six-man tag match with uh, the New Day, Braun Strowman versus Sammy, Shinsuke, and Cesaro. Uh, one thing I didn't mention before is the whole <laughs> speaking of stupid controversy, the whole... Uh, Braun Strowman dancing thing. People think, oh, Braun Strowman danced in the middle of the ring. He's ruined. Is he? Is that what ruined him? Because nobody's given a fuck about Braun Strowman in, in years. That being said, he can easily bounce back if they put enough investment into him, if they put enough effort into building him as the monster that he was back in the day and not force-feeding his goddamn catchphrases and everybody. If I never have to hear, get these hands again, I'll be ecstatic. If I never have to watch him do the whole, I'm going to run around the ring and hit everybody. The whole shtick. Does it every match. You don't have to do it every match. I don't know, man. I'm just kind of very indifferent on Braun Strowman. I think at when he's at his best, he is fantastic. Like his matches with Roman Reigns were some of the best matches of whatever year that was. 2018 maybe I don't know 2017 so he has a lot of potential to be a huge star and I don't think him dancing in the middle of the ring is the reason that's it's, it's not going to hold him back so I think people are kind of blowing that out of proportion they say he's going to be Big Show 2.0 and he very well may be but let's not pretend like it's he's just dead and buried because he's not um the real problem with Braun Strowman is that they don't have any you know really engaging storylines for him they don't have any they have they don't they're willing to just have him squash guys and not give him like a an interesting storyline. I'm sure you know probably gonna eventually challenge Shinsuke for the IC title and maybe he'll win. Who knows? But just you know, it's the storyline is basically I want your title, give it to me, and that's a lot of what WWE puts out nowadays, which is unfortunate. So who knows? I don't like basically I don't think Braun Strowman's a lost cause yet, but who gives who gives a shit? Um. Let, let, let the man dance. He's a great dancer. Did you see him? Did you see him dancing? Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about how good he was dancing. Um, 
and you know, I was I was talking earlier about how Tainara has improved a lot since she first started. You can say a lot of the same things about Lacey Evans. You know, I was kind of uh, suspicious about her baby face turn. A little, uh, not suspicious, what's the word? I don't know, I, like, I wasn't really sure of it. I wasn't sure, because she was such a bitch before. She was such a hateable cunt. So how are you going to just flip-flop automatically? And, you know, of course they brought, bring up the fact that she's a Marine and she's a mother and all that stuff. So, yeah, get the easy baby face rub. But point being, Lacey Evans is taking it and making the absolute most of it. A lot better than I was expecting, personally. Both in the ring and on the mic, I think she's knocking it out of the park. With uh, her little feud with Sasha and Bailey, um, so I think you know people give Lacey Evans a lot of shit, but I think she was kind of thrown in with the Sharks very early, a lot earlier than she should have been. I think she should have stayed in NXT a lot longer. But you know, she's still developing, mean, even though she should have stayed in the, the developmental brand. She's still finding a way to develop her character and develop her skills to be uh, a more intriguing character on screen. So. Props to Lacey Evans and uh, fuck Sasha Banks. Just wanted to throw that in there as well. Then, uh, yep, you had the the Daniel Bryan versus Baron Corbin versus Miz match. You know, you had the it opened the show, then it stopped, and then it was a lot, of, a lot of a lot of fluff around it. But ultimately, the main event was a triple threat match between those three, and it was awesome. That was it was a fantastic match. I, I mean, I think it, this this time of year, people are kind of maybe not tuning in or maybe not as engaged with the show as they normally are, but I don't think people are paying enough attention to how good that match was. And ultimately uh, ended up with uh, Dan O'Brien winning. So we're going to have a, uh, a rematch at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Dan O'Brien versus Bray Wyatt rematch from the last pay-per-view and also a rematch from, what was it, 2015 when they had a match at the Royal Rumble? So, And they always have great chemistry. They always have great matches against each other. So... Looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to how how the storyline progresses. Like, is he going to face Bray or is he going to face The Fiend? And if he faces The Fiend, what adjustments is Daniel Bryan going to make? Because Bryan is as good as anybody in creating cohesive storylines within the bell-to-bell action. So I have full confidence that that match is going to be awesome. Uh, But yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for the week. I'm going to go ahead and uh, tune in to Raw, see what's happening, see what predictions I got wrong, and see what points that i made that get contradicted tonight <laughs> as far as uh next month january has a uh, a lot of stuff that i'm interested in in the wrestling world you have um for one you have wrestle kingdom which uh is a two-day event so it's gonna be challenging to see how i'll probably just wait till both events are done and then do a little review on the shows, maybe I'll do a review after each show. We'll, we'll figure it out. But at the end of the day, I'm going to watch both shows and give my takes on them. Um, as far as New Japan goes, I mean, I was, I tend to get really invested during G1 time. Like like this past G1 Climax, I watched every single match. Every single tournament match I watched. But then afterwards, you know, I don't know if it's the, uh, if I'm just bad at following it or if it's their irregular schedule. Um, I mean, I know year from year it's the same or similar at least, but I'm just very bad at keeping up because I'm used to all this, these weekly shows. So sometimes I tend to forget about New Japan, but I, I loosely follow it. Um, ever since the G1, I've loosely followed it, so I have a slight idea of how storylines have kind of 
progressed since then, but I'll definitely need to refresh on that before the show. But keep an eye out for that. I'll be doing a review of Wrestle Kingdom this year, and that's, I believe, this this coming up weekend, right? So yeah, definitely keep a lookout for that. Um, obviously, yeah, the Royal Rumble later later in January. My favorite pay-per-view of the year, so I'll be doing a, uh, a preview and a review, most likely, of the Royal Rumble. Um, but another major thing is NXT and NXT UK have a big month this month. Uh, you have the Worlds Collide Tournament happening, uh, I believe, the day before the Royal Rumble. Uh, you also have NXT UK TakeOver happening, I believe it's uh, on the 12th, somewhere around there. It could be off by a few days, but I should have done my research. Anyways, when it comes to NXT UK... I, I love NXT UK. I've, I've said that before. I love British wrestling. And I love how it's kind of adapted its own style within the umbrella of WWE. But, um, you know, with all the wrestling nowadays and just life in general, I kind of get, uh, get backlogged with NXT UK. I kind of let it, uh, I kind of fall behind a little bit, but I always bench back and catch up. So I checked earlier today and I'm like two months behind, but, um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to binge them all. I'm going to catch up and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do, could be like a two or three parter, but I'm basically going to be do a, do a review of those episodes. I think it was like October 17th to now or till the, the takeover. I'll do a, a review of those episodes and then I'll do a review of the takeover itself. So a lot of NXT UK content coming out in January as well as Wrestle Kingdom as well as Royal Rumble. So Slow period, I know I keep saying it, but January is going to pick up real quick, real quick. And that's about all I got, guys, so uh, don't just get hard. Stay hard.